You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Second quarter was 30.1 and off the back straight it's Lock and Varart Moran going for home now. Led six metres on King of Swing. The two big guns off the back of one two. Elder Orlando kicks on then came Wolf Stride. Up to the turn though it's Lock and Varart by five metres. King of Swing is struggling. Third quarter was 26.1. It's Lock and Varart five metres. Elder Orlando then came back on King of Swing. It's Lock and Varart from Elter Orlando. He's trying really hard, but it's Lock and Varart. His name is Artie. It's time to party with Artie. And Lock and Varart, Australia's best horse, wins arguably Australia's best race. The Hunter Cup from Delray National. And that was his last win, the Hunter Cup. Uh, subsequently, he's been up in America with Shane and Lauren Tritton and Chris Barsby. We get to see him on Sunday morning. Our time, Lock and Varart. How exciting. Yeah, it'll be interesting, Steve, to see how he sort of fits in in the North American scene. Uh, remembering, of course, he had that bleeding attack. Uh, he's had that serious injury, which kept him off the track for some time. So he's probably not at the peak of his powers, but it's going to be very interesting. And Dexter Dunn made a good point when we spoke with Dex last week. He said there's no Bulldog Hanover anymore. So that, that vacancy is certainly there for the open class paces. So who is going to step up? Is it a... A great opportunity for Lock and Bar up. Certainly looks that way, but we'll know a lot more after the weekend. He did win a trial recently, didn't he, Chris? A couple of weeks ago at the Meadowlands in preparation for the weekend. Yeah, that's correct, Steve. So um, he certainly looks like he's um, he's fit enough. They uh, they put plenty of uh, information out about Lock and Bar up on their social media accounts, so uh, everyone's up to date on on what's happening with Lock and Bar up. So. He goes into that race uh, off that qualifier recently at the Meadowlands, and he's going to start at the Meadowlands this weekend. All right, well, that's locking into our art. We're about to talk about uh, this horse, who's one of the favourites for a feature, the Hunter Cup on the weekend. Then came Cranburner, but copy that, goes into overdrive, the Kiwi. Into the straight, he travels well, three metres. Triple Eight's coming with a run. It's copy that in front. Triple Eight trying to gun it down, but copy that is clear. And it's the real copy that tonight. Copy that and Blair Orange win the Cup. Second home. Yeah, that was the Ballarat Cup race. He found the top fairly early in the race. And Merv Butterworth, our first guest, thanks to Garage, Chris. Yeah, looking forward to this chat. Merv's with us now. Merv, good morning. How are you, Chris? Really well. How are your nerves? What are the anticipation levels like going into Saturday's half-million-dollar feature? Cool, calm and collected. <laughs> you, you do say that with sincerity, though, don't you? No, uh, if... If I hadn't been there before, um, I, I could be a wee bit nervous. But um, now I've been there many times, Chris. I, there's nothing I can do. The horse is at an absolute peak, better than ever. We've got the best horse, we've got the best driver, and we've got a fantastic training team in Ray Green and Andrew Drake who's looking after the horse at Ballarat. Merv, it's Steve. I was just looking at his record. He had 31 wins from 58 starts and a heap of placings as well. We mentioned he found the top last start after a couple of hundred at Ballarat. Any thought on how it may play out early for your horse copy that on the weekend in the Hunter Cup? Yeah, at Ballarat, there were a few speedsters on our inside and 
Blair said he'll have a look at how they go early and then make up his mind what to do. The same will apply on Saturday night. There's more speedsters because we've drawn six instead of four. Um, not all of them will want to battle one another to the front. My opinion is that you can't lead and be attacked without mercy over 2,700 and still be in front of the finishing post. So that being said. I, I think some of those on the inside will will hurry up to get a good position and, and a card along. And then Blair can make his decision from there. That being said, Merv, when you factor in the fact that he's won the last two New Zealand Cups, so he's proven conclusively that he is the best open-class horse in New Zealand. We just heard Lachlan Varad. He's now in America. King of Swings being retired. Is this the perfect opportunity and the perfect sort of platform for, for Copy That to announce himself as the best open-class pacer in the Southern Hemisphere if he wins on the weekend? He's without a challenger in New Zealand. Um, they talk about self-assured. At times they make a mistake and say the best horse, but we've beaten him more times than he's beaten us. Um, in Australia, um, when he performed in Queensland, he won two out of four races. He beat King of Swing. Um, he was beaten virtually in a photo by the great mayor in Amazing Dream. Um can't do much more than run second behind a champion like Amazing Dream. Um, there's reasons why he, did, he wasn't at his top when he was here last time. And the reason he was in Melbourne last time was simply to get him into race fitness for his New Zealand program. And when you think that he was off racing for eight months, um, what he did was pretty good. And he ran fourth in the Easter Cup and came home faster than any other horse to be beaten about four metres. So uh, we've never been disappointed with any of his runs of recent, now, of recent Kiwis, times. Yeah, the Kiwis have got a sensational record in the Hunter Cup. Uh, primarily when it was the stand start, it's now switched to the mobile start. It's 2,700 metres. We know that your guy... Is an absolute uh, out and out stayer. He can run all day long. If it was under the old sort of conditions of a, you know, being a stand start, what sort of handicap would copy that be facing, given that he's a dual New Zealand Cup winner? Well, at one stage they were talking about having the last New Zealand Cup as a handicap, and we thought we would get minimum 10, more than likely 20. So, talking about. Um, it's nearly a fictitious thought. Um, they wouldn't give him more than 20. Um, hardly worth discussing, Chris, because it's something that no one's got the answer to. Yeah, that's a fair point. What would it mean to you if he happened to win on Saturday night? Given that you'd won this race previously with Arden Rooney, would this be more special if Copy That could win a Hunter Cup, or does Arden Rooney just sit above them all? Um, like your first girlfriend, they're pretty good. Um, winning that with Arden Rooney was more than pretty good. Um, 
Alan Rooney was a champion stayer of a different era. Um, these days, you've got to have high speed to win races. And and copy that's got exciting high speed, ex- more than exciting. And most Australians have never seen it. Although you saw it in the Wandai's uh, mate when he came from last on the home turn down the outside to win, going about 152 mile rate. Yeah. Yeah. That was never forget that you'd... night because he was going sideways at the home turn when he was working off. Yes, you'd not ever forget that one, Chris. So, Steve, again, why do you think that's the case? Why haven't we seen the best of him here on some occasions? Well, he came over from New Zealand after being out of racing for eight months after breaking a bone in a, in a leg. And he not possible to get him 100% fit in New Zealand. Um, the lack of first-class racing. So either... We went to Addington. Um, also, they don't have the best horses. And so we decided we'd bring him to, to Melbourne and race against top-class horses, um, knowing that first up he wouldn't be ready. Um, it was a training run. Um, nothing wrong with that. Many a horse needs a race to get fit. Um um, in one race, he had a slight bleed. Um, we had to look after him there. And and the target all all, all along was, was the Easter Cup. And he drew the inside of the second line. And when you come home faster than the first three place getters um, and held up for a run, that was... And, and he was only inches away, in third, away from the third place getter that was a good run. He, he performed well, Steve. Looking at this field on Saturday night, Merv, it's basically a, a carbon copy of the Ballarat Cup. There's only three horses lining up in Saturday night, Steve, to, that didn't go around against copy that at Ballarat. Spirit of St. Louis, Expensive Ego, they come down from Sydney for the McCarthy's, and Hurricane Harley steps up uh, to the Hunter Cup on the weekend. So. Very similar opposition, so you know that gives you good confidence knowing that you beat them and beat them easily last time out. It does indeed, and um, there's always a game played in the media in this caper. Um, Luke said a week ago he wasn't going to come with expensive ego, he was going to keep him at uh, Menangle because the horse race is best at Menangle. He's won one race in Melbourne from nine starts. Um, St. Louis Blues is a good horse. Um, he's got to have the race run to suit him, as do most horses. Um, we beat St. Louis Blues two or three times in Brisbane. He's owned by, part owned by a good mate of mine in Trevor Casey, who's staying with us. Um, we're, having, we're joining a table together. Um, we think we could run the Quinella. Um, the um, Hurricane Harley, um, I think, is a brilliant speedster. I'm not too sure about 2,700 in this class. And yeah, the others, um, um, you know, if you pick the best horses in the race, half of them would be well below the middle mark on, yeah, on class and form. Yeah, that's fair enough. 
What about after Saturday night? Is there any temptation about sending Cobby that to Sydney for a shot at the Miracle Mile, or you just don't want to race horses at Menangle? Both of the above. Okay. So he goes home? Yes, yes. He goes home. Um, there's a couple of $50,000 races. There's the Grins, uh, the slot race of a million dollars. And there's the New Ze- the Auckland Cup. And then there's the Queensland Carnival. Okay. Can I get your thoughts? We're, we're about to, you know, pack up and move from Albion Park in the coming years. We're going to be down at a new venue called Norwell. It's undecided at this point what size track that is going to be built there. In your opinion, what size track would you like to see built there? I'm a lover of Gloucester Park. Um, that's a four furlong track. Um, I loved Mooney Valley, which was, I think, about five, five furlongs. Um, I think we lose nothing at at um, Melton being a five furlong track. The sprint lane's not long enough. In fact, the sprint lane at at Melton is shorter than it was at Mooney Valley. And the Mooney Valley sprint lane gave everybody a, a greater chance. I think five furlongs suits Australian way of racing. Merv, what's Addington like? Um, fabulous. Um, as a racetrack, fabulous. Um, I think every horse gets their chance at Addington. Okay. Well, it'll be very interesting to see which way they go here in Queensland, and that decision will come in, in time to come. Just uh, just going back, copy that. Ray Green, uh, he, his wonderful trainer, he won't be trackside on, on Saturday night. He's still recovering uh, back home in Auckland. He's under doctor's orders and under the orders of his wife um, is not to travel. And under orders from me as well. We don't want to... We, we want him 100%, not part percent. Okay. And, and it's bad enough having to walk miles at an airport then get cooped up on a seat for three or four hours. Um, he's not going to help the horse any, any more than the horse is ready to go and Ray will have um, a ton of enjoyment watching him race on television. And you'll see him better on TV than at the track. Can I ask you a really tough question before we go? Sure. If you had to get rid of one of your horses, you had to, sharp and smart, who was terrific first up, as we know, on the wet last weekend, heading towards that Herbie Dyke, Sydney, Derby, Queensland, possibly, or copy that? Um, Which one would you keep? Copy that is a sensational horse. Um, frighten, frighteningly, frighteningly, don't know if I'm saying it right, um, has got so much buzz about him as an individual. Um, sharp and smart is definitely um, Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup material. Um, he's only had nine starts and won over $2 million. Um, he's, he, he's, he, he's the absolute opposite to copy that. Um, you could be putting the saddle on him and he'll fall asleep in the horse stall. Um, but this time round, he's woken up 
and and he's ready to roll. He, it was bad luck. He hit a heavy patch on the home turn, lost a length and a half, and we're going beaten a neck by the by the leader on Saturday. I was there, spoke with a jockey afterwards, understood it all. Um, I couldn't get... If I had to give one away, Meg would most probably divorce me. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought you'd be very diplomatic about it. I'm just thinking if he wins the Melbourne Cup, they'll delay the next race if Roger gets up on the presentation dice there after the Cup again. Um, anyway, Graham I'm talking about, not Debbie. But, yeah, yes. both exciting horses, aren't they? Love to own them. Yeah, mm. he's, he's, uh, him. He, he's, an abs- <clears throat> he's an absolute freak. Um, sharp and smart. He's um, gone from being a, 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 a student in first grade up to um, a, a graduate in at university now. Yeah, that's the way it appeared in Queensland yeah. too. Maybe he just looked like a little kid learning and we all knew he was going to be exciting and now he's starting to realise that potential we all saw in him last car. Yes. Yeah. Love it to chat yeah. to you. Well, thank you for that, Steve. And no more of those difficult questions. No, <laughs> you didn't have to answer it. I didn't think you would. Merv Butterworth joining us. Brittany Graham's done all the form for this big meeting uh, from Sky. Chris and, and Brittany's with us now. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, guys. When you break down the Hunter Cup, and given that, you know, as I just mentioned, there's only three horses that didn't contest the Ballarat Cup. So that Ballarat Cup, is so important to analyse. There's only Spirit of St. Louis, Expensive Ego, Hurricane Harley that are fresh into this race coming out of the Ballarat Cup. It all points towards copy that. But as we know, the, these races, they're, they're, they're hard-earned. They're not going to be uh, just uh, falling over to copy that. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting race. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think there's two scenarios uh, when it comes to Saturday night's contest, and that's if copy that runs to the front well it's as good as game over in my mind and if something parks him then it becomes anyone's race so uh, I think there's a few horses to his inside that uh, I guess control the destiny of this race most notably Spirit of St Louis. Yeah he's the the key horse and I'm sure Connections would have been absolutely thrilled when when he landed that inside gate there with the barrier draw earlier in the week. Um, how much do, do some of these drivers sort of push early? Uh, Blair Orange is just going to sort of bide his time, obviously, before he really injects copy that into it. But how hard do some of these rival drivers go early to find that pegline position? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think from the gate speed that Spirit of St. Louis has managed to, uh, I guess, garner in his career, he keeps getting better and better. And the fact that in that Inter-Dominion, he was able to cross and cross quite comfortably on night two at Shepherd. And I think if he leaves as well as he can, sometimes horses leave better from wide on the track, but if he leaves as well as he can from the inside gate, then Jack Callaghan has all of the options. Um, it's been chatted this week from the Copy Equine team that they're keen to hold the... ..whether that's, uh, you know, a bit of game talk or, or whether that's a, a genuine, um, I guess set of tactics that they're wishing to adopt well we'll wait and see but uh, I think it's it's so tough for, for them because my opinion and this is only my opinion is that Spirit of St Louis is a very very good follower of speed and maybe not quite as dynamic when he's out in front he's won races in front before but we saw in the Blacks of Bank last year he was probably a little bit vulnerable uh, but his, his 
effort last week when coming off cover was just devastating. And that's, I think, when he's at his absolute best. However, uh, if you drive him in that way and hold uh, early and then hand up to a horse like Copy That, well, then it's completely advantageous to him as well. So it's a really tough spot to be in. Of course, he'd rather be uh, having to make those decisions from one as opposed to 12. But, um, yeah, it's just really interesting and... I think he has the destiny of not only his own chances in his hand, Jack Callaghan, but of many, many of those around him. Yeah, no doubt about that. If Copy That comes out and wins the Hunter Cup, and given the fact that he's a dual New Zealand Cup winner, does that solidify him as the best open-class horse in this part of the world, given that King of Swings now retired? We know Lachlan of has gone to North America. So does victory on Saturday night, you know, solidify him as the number one open-class horse? Yeah, I think he's probably there already at the moment, Chris, off the back of his uh, New Zealand Cup victory and then what he was able to do around that carnival and what he's done since highlighted by the Ballarat Cup. I'm not sure there's another horse around at the moment that's as consistent as him at that top level. You know, we've had good performances from many horses, but we haven't had a dominant force in the last 12 months and copy that for mine is as, as close to it at this point in time. So if he wins, well, uh, that's done in texture at the moment. I think he's definitely there in pencil. Yeah, well, fingers crossed he can get the job done and fingers crossed his move outline Queensland, the uh, the constellations on the radar for him. I wanted to get you on this morning also just to, to find out about your trotter, Majestic Harry. He returns to racing at Albion Park on Saturday night. He's in the last race. He trialled and trialled superbly recently at Albion Park. Was there any temptation about the Great Southern Star or which way are we going with Harry? Yeah, um, probably no temptation this year, Chris. Um, he had that big trip to Melbourne late last year for the Inter-Dominion. And, um, you know, at the time when he raced well on occasion in the heats and then particularly when he was so good in the final, you know, we were sort of umming and ahhing about uh, keeping him down there. I know the week after was the Cram and Trotters Cup and... We decided that, you know, he'd done his job and um, the, the main aim was the Inter-Dominion and we didn't want to be greedy. So we brought him home, gave him a couple of weeks off and then um, changed our attention to the Trotters Mile on Miracle Mile Night. I think it's called the Hammerhead Now Sprint um, at Menangle. Um, it's worth $100,000. So that's where we changed our attention to. Um, would be lovely to be able to go back down and race in the Great Southern Star because... I think probably the concept would suit him down to the ground with the, the mile racing and also uh, the backing up. He's just such a good recovering horse. But um, we didn't want to push the envelope. It's a long way to go back down to Melbourne. So at this stage, we're focusing in on Menangle in a few weeks. OK, understood. And I was going to ask about Menangle. So you've answered that question. That's now part of the Trotting Masters series as well now. So we've got that race coming up. And just on that, how would he handle Menangle? Yeah, I think he'd love Menangle, uh, Chris, he's probably he, he's um, getting better all the time and he probably trot the best that he has <clears throat> excuse me in that trial the other day um, but he does have a little tendency to want to hang fractionally um, on the thousand metre track, you know, he won a Redcliffe Trotters Cup but he didn't handle that track at all but I think he's really going to love Menangle the fact that he's going to draw the front his gate speed's just developing all the time and become such a massive asset we know he's going to draw the front line and um yeah personally i think you'll love Menangle. i'd love to take some of the hanging gear off him and give him a little bit more freedom um yeah he, he went straight as an arrow last week in that trial and 
Um, he probably surprised me a little bit in, in how forward he was. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to getting him down to Menangle through tomorrow, uh, I should say Saturday night safely. He'll head down and I'd love to give him a run down there um, before, I always think horses are a bit better at their second run at Menangle, so he'll race on Chariots of Fire Night. There's a 2300 metre um, mobile race there, and that'll give him a look around surroundings and also give him some time to settle in because um, probably that trip away to Melbourne hopefully taught him a lot, but um, it wasn't all smooth sailing from a, a settling in perspective, so um, he's hoping he'll be better the second time around. Okay, and with those announcements last week from RQ, they've really bolstered the, the, the constellation as far as the trotters are concerned. So the Ripley Cup, which you won last year, that's now worth $30,000. The Queensland Trotters Cup has doubled. It's now $100,000. The DJA is still there. I think it's at $50,000, and we've got that new race, the Great Square. So there's a lot on offer. I know you're not eligible for the Great Square, but there's some big money up for grabs uh, during the carnival. Yeah, it's great for a horse um, like Harry over, you know, the next 12 months will take him away and he'll have that one campaign south this year, but then he can really stay at home and target some great money races. We've got our own carnival, as you mentioned, and he came so close to winning one of the big ones last year. I'd love to, to snag one of them this year and then we'll get him ready for another Inter Dominion in his backyard, which no doubt he's going to love. But, um, yeah, you know, he, he's really developed my passion for the trotter and um, I love working with them now. We've actually, um, we're in the process of purchasing a, a nice three-year-old trotter out of New Zealand at the moment for a client um, with those announcements coming through with the Derby and also the Great Square. So um, I might be going to send Dad Gray, he reckons, if he's not already. But, um, yeah, we're so, such good money on offer here for uh, trotters, not only the open class, but the developing trotters. Um, you know, it seems silly not to have something to target towards them. Random question. Do you think there's any possibility that we'll see a trotter from the Northern Hemisphere in Queensland at this uh, well, we've, well, this year? Like, given that we've got the end of Dominion and there's a few other little uh, things to consider, do you think there's any possibility that we could see either a European or an American trotter down under? Yeah, well, I've, I've heard a few whispers about, so it sounds as though there might be some movement there. Um, I think personally, if it was to happen, it would have to be a trotter that was then retained here in Australia. You know, for, for one or two races, it, it's probably not quite as worthwhile for connections from up there to send them down with the, the dollar conversion the way it is. Um, I'm quite good friends with Nancy Tactor and we've discussed it in the past and probably economically, unless they stayed here, it wouldn't make sense to come down and go back. But um, yeah, it sounds as though there's some possibility to that occurring and would definitely add a lot of interest um, for the North American trotters. It would be interesting to see how they did cope with the, the very different style of racing. We saw Mr. Feelgood do it and do it with success, but uh, it is a completely, completely different uh, kettle of fish to come down here. And if you're talking about an inter-dominion races consistently and uh, over the longer trips as well, but um, there's no reason why, but I had no doubt that our own trotters down here would uh, certainly match it with them. We've seen uh, our paces go up to North America and, and do such a good job, and I think we're definitely bridging the gap. Not necessarily there yet, but uh, there's some positive signs. Yeah, no doubt about it. Just in summing up, Majestic Harry, he, he's good enough to win first up here Saturday night. Yeah, I think um, he is. He looks quite well placed in that race. He's still quite lightly assessed on his national rating. That's why we targeted that race. We knew that he'd draw well. Um, yeah, he's just pushing the gate away at the moment in the mobile mile. I think he there in his trial was 
154 and 3 last week and I was very wary that we were running along so I didn't really uh, let him go and he still had the earplugs in and we probably weren't expecting him to be that forward so I'd expect him to be better again. Nathan gets along with him really well and um, I think that he'll be able to, to give them something to chase out in front. All right, excellent. I really appreciate the time. Best of luck across the weekend. Thank you. Brittany Graham joining us. Thanks to Garrards. Chris, at the end of this segment this morning, we've got a montage uh, with some of the great Hunter Cup victories as well. So that's coming up in a few moments' time. But Maddie Young joins us. Well, Maddie, we've uh, come and seen with another WA pacing cup. Diego leading all of the way. There was talk and uh, there was a fair bit of chit-chat about the other WA pacing cup being a bit of a snooze fest last week. You've got the floor. How did you see it? Well, I think they were spot on. Um, it was uh, not the most memorable pacing cup for uh, many reasons, but um, there's great stories around it. Gary Hall Jr.'s ninth WA pacing cup, uh, Gary Hall Sr.'s 13th, and, uh, of course, emotional times with Madison Brown, of course, not able to drive Diego due to the concussion protocols after suffering a very severe and being knocked out on the track the following uh, the previous Friday night. So uh, emotional times, of course, with Gary Hall Jr. and Madison Brown are together. So uh, Jr. was quite emotional after the race that um, Diego was able to win. Diego's Madison's favourite horse. So there are a, a few nice stories out of the race in Diego getting the win, of course, with the ownership of my field marshal. They had success in the Fremantle Cup a few years ago. And uh, to win with Diego, he's just come out of nowhere. He was a nice Metro horse sort of 12 to 18 months ago. And in the last six months, he's just taken massive steps in becoming one of WA's best paces. There were some nice runs behind. Patrona started, never really got a crack, and they actually locked wheels on the run of the line, the two Bond stablemates. And we had uh, horses like Lavra Joe, Copper Check, and he ran through the line powerfully. Now, I know it's not the race that you want to say and be on me next start, but that was a really strong effort by Labra Joe. So uh, he, he powered through the line, sang my real, hit the line really well, and jumping Jack Mack in defeat was absolutely outstanding. He just keeps running places. Can he stick his head out and win one soon? It's a little bit lighter on the free-for-all ranks now. A lot of those horses will go out for a little bit of a break. But, uh, yeah, it was, there's plenty of stories to come out of the pacing cup. But overall... They just broke two minutes for WA Pacing Cup of Grand Circuit level. It was a bit of a snooze. Mm. But that explains, as you just outlined there, the, the emotion uh, shown by Gary Hall Jr. when he crossed the line, the big whip flourish. So that was obviously uh, in reference to Matty. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's, it's a WA Pacing Cup. It's a race you want to win. And um, he's won nine now, but every single one of them mean a lot at the time. And... Um, I'm sure he was quite emotional that Madison was unable to get the drive. And it was a whirlwind, basically, because Anthony Butt was going to be booked to drive the horse if Junior didn't get off his suspension. So as it was by Wednesday, Junior was still suspended and wasn't going to be driving in the pacing cup, wins his appeal, drives in the pacing cup, wins it. It uh, was just a whirlwind 72 hours for Junior and Senior and everyone involved. Mm. Now, with that slot race just around the corner and looking back at the WA Pacing Cup from last week, where do we sit? Is it just going to be barrier draw dependent? Spirit of St. Louis has been announced that he's coming across. So you've got a genuine East Coast star heading heading west. 
So how does it sort of set up right now, you feel, that, uh, that slot race? I think it is barrier draw dependent. I mean, as we've seen in the past, Chris, we've we've seen horses come from the eastern states, and it's a different kettle of fish moving to the 800 metre circuit at Gloucester Park. And the way we race here in WA is a bit different to the east coast. So, um, horses from the eastern states sometimes have a little bit of trouble adapting to uh, being over here in WA, and uh, we also see them just have a little bit of trouble as well with the travel. So, but for a million dollar race, they've made the decision to bring. Spirit of St. Louis over here, which is fantastic for the Nullarbor. It's going to be uh, hotly contested. And there are other horses from the East Coast that are being looked at as of right now by a few of the other slot holders to come across here to WA. So it's really exciting in terms of that. But we're just sort of waiting and seeing on who's going to come over here because the barrier draw, as we know in most harness races in the country, in the world, barrier draw is very important about uh, how the race is going to pan out. And um, I think with our, with our current crop of free-for-allers here, it is very much barrier draw dependent. And if the Eastern States horses come across here, then it adds that extra intrigue to the race on how they'll measure up coming across to the West, handling the racing here, handling the heat, handling everything that WA's got to throw at them. Yeah. So we'll wait with interest there, but that's starting to build nicely, that uh, that new race. Now, two horses I just wanted to ask about quickly. Uh, Mighty Mo- uh, Miracle Moose, I should say. He, he's going to be making Queensland his new home. Um, if he fires here, uh, he, he's, he's a legitimate top liner, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, I think he just... He's, he's a horse that... He can't do a lot of work himself in the uh, grand circuit level or the free-for-all level. So not that he had a great deal of opportunities as well, but he's um, he, he's benefited by a quick tempo and he can sit on any speed and reel off a pretty amazing half. So, look, I think he'll be pretty well suited to Queensland racing because it can be quite up-tempo and the mile racing and everything like that, I think that will suit him down to the ground. But I, th- I also think, and this is where Nathan Turvey comes in, Nathan's a very... Um, very open person and very honest about the horse and he would have looked at the horse and gone, I've done everything I can with him, maybe the change is what is needed and we see the change going to Queensland could be massive. So um, we could see him rejuvenated and back to his absolute best and I believe his best is uh, right up there with some of the better ones that we'll see in Queensland. Okay, well, we'll watch with interest there. And Rocker Coco, um, he made his uh, East Coast debut down in Sydney last week, chased on the Queensland, a sure thing captain. But the more you watch that replay, uh, he was very impressive. Was was he held in high regard over there in Perth? Yeah, look, he's got a lot of promise, Rocker Coco, and uh, he showed above-average ability when he was here. He's just got uh, a few little teething problems, you would say, um, in, in terms of... Uh, just needing a bit more race experience and he's just quite green and raw with the ability there you can see it so that's what um, you're sort of dealing with with him but it was great to see him uh, really run through the line and he looked looked pretty pretty impressive and I think over here he was the one that was showing a lot of promise to go forward and be one of the smarter two-year-olds in the state I think over there he's going to be a better horse on the bigger circuits as well. He's sort of rangy and just needed a bit more space. And, 
yeah, I think with more racing, he's going to be a, a lot better horse. But it was uh, good to see him over there and um, local ownership from WA as well involved with him. And so I think he'll do a really good job. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was a very uh, nice debut there last week. Nine races tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Where do we find your best? Look, I'm going to race seven, number three, Nullarbor Navajo. I think uh, there's a bit of speed in this race, never mind the chaos and cherish the memories. So there's a bit of talent in the event. Paraquet likes to lead, uh, who's drawn in two. But Nullarbor Navajo with a small field. Second up is going to be close enough. She's got a good turn of foot, and I think she could be quite dangerous late. So I'm going with race seven, number three, Nullarbor Navajo on an each-way basis. Okay, race seven, number three, Nullarbor Navajo. We'll take the tip. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll chat again next week. Cheers, guys.